Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is May 21st, it's 2019, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, Genifero7. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Well, apparently we found out before this podcast that I might be getting sick, but for a sick person, I still feel pretty great. There's a good-looking slate here on Tuesday, a lot of good pitchers, a few good spots of bat. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, you definitely sound like you got a cold coming on. So I hope, um, I hope, I hope I'm wrong, and maybe you just um, had too much fun over the weekend. But um, if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's FantasyDraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. That way, you get access to Fantasy Draft promos that we run with them from time to time. You also get three months of Rotor Grinders Premium um, for Fantasy Draft. You know, if you sign up through the links, three months. Um, Grant, funny, funny story, really quick. They had that free roll uh, cross sport survivor like Wednesday last week, um, and I was doing a show, so I joined it, got a five dollar ticket. I put my PGA team, I built a PGA team. I totally forgot about it, but I always put it in the twenty five. If I'm gonna build it, you know, you know, I'm gonna put it in both, right? So I'm playing over there. Didn't even know. Uh, I forgot all about my team, and then I get the email um, this morning when I woke up. You hit the payout zone for eighteen hundred dollars, and uh, I guess I finished second in the twenty-five dollar and third in the uh, five dollar tournament. I didn't even didn't even know I had a sweat, Grant. Uh, those those are awesome emails. Yeah, those are the greatest thing in the world when you don't know you have a sweat, and then you just wake up to a few extra grand in your pocket. Hey, I, I'm not complaining. Um, it was the same build that I had on DraftKings. Johnson, Kepka, Cantley, but with the drop the score PGA over there, uh, I was able to drop one of my guys. I actually had all my guys make the cut on fantasy draft, but I was able to drop my low score. And, um, you know, it was just, uh, man, I would have had a massive sweat on, on DraftKings for the Millie Maker if Surrey made the cut. Um, I had first, second, third, and my other two guys both finished 16th. Siri just had to make the cut. But we're here to talk some baseball. Let's get into it. We start with the Rockies and the Pirates, Herman Marquez against Chris Archer. You know, it's always good when we get Marquez on the road, and now we're getting a massive ballpark shift for him from Coors to Pittsburgh. It seems like a really good spot for Marquez. The Pittsburgh Pirates have some bats in this lineup that can beat him up. Uh, what are you doing here, Marquez? Um, I'm probably going to be using a decent amount of him. Obviously, we want him to be facing... A lot more righties and lefties. Pretty drastic splits when it comes to righties and lefties in terms of strikeouts. Although he gets uh, he's gets more ground balls versus lefties, and is is pre- pretty much a, the same caliber pitcher to both sides of the plate. Just way more fantasy upside versus righties. But I'm thinking that's going to keep a few more people off him. And with all these starters on this slate, they're just huge ceiling guys. I think that he's going to go drastically overlooked. It's in Pittsburgh, one of the best ballparks he can get very good pitcher not that 
great of a lineup for Pittsburgh down near the bottom. So there are some strikeouts here. Not a whole lot of power down there, and I'm not really worried about Josh Bell hitting one out of the park because uh, Marquez is a pretty decent ground ball guy, and Marquez's season has just gotten babbit like crazy in certain spots, not even Coors sometimes. So I, I'm probably going to use quite a bit of him on today's slate, just assuming that he's going to be lower owned, but you might want to check on ownership before the slate starts. Yeah, it's going to be an ownership thing for me. If he's going to be popular, I'll probably stay away. Uh, I do think the top of the order kind of limits his upside as far as strikeouts, but it's a good spot for him. So it's really going to be an ownership thing. Do you have any interest here in Chris Archer on the other side of this game? No, he just has not been great this year. Struggling a little bit with control, and I know that Colorado is much worse on the road, and that this is a good pitcher's ballpark, but I just I don't think I want to roll with him here. Um I, I, I just I don't see so much upside as a lot of the other guys. You do need to find some value pitching on today's slate if you want to fit in some of the decent bats because there are a lot of aces that are the main choices here. But I think there's one other guy that I'm probably going to roll with at slightly lower uh, salary on today's slate. So Archer, I don't think is going to make the cut for me. Yeah, it, it, he's he's a tough ask at, you know, just looking at the matchup against the Rockies. They have enough bats in this lineup that can beat him up. The the top four or five bats in this lineup are, are really solid against right-handed pitching. So I'm kind of concerned about that. There are some strikeouts here. Wouldn't shock me if Archer goes out and has a good game. His strikeout rate is, you know, a little bit higher against lefties than it is against righties this season. And they do certainly have a lot more lefties and, you know, he's more of a fly ball guy uh, against lefties than he is his righties. He gets a lot more fly balls from his changeup, which he throws a lot more to lefties than he does righties. So, you know, this could be a matchup that he pitches. Well, it's just, I don't know if I end up on him, but I can, I'm not going to like sit here and try to talk people off of him. I don't think he's a bad play. Um, as far as the Rockies bats, is there anything standing out to you? I mean, nothing really stands out to me. Obviously he's a fly ball guy and you can give up, Occasional bombs that you can roll with Blackman, Story, Dahl, Arenado. All of them are not bad options at all. Maybe t- Tapia, but I just, this isn't really a stack spot in Pittsburgh. Like, I don't ever, it's one of the few ballparks I don't really like to stack at all. Not great for home runs. And that's really what you're um, trying to go for with Archer here. So, Colorado one offs is fine, but I, I don't think that I'm going to end up playing any of them today in all likelihood. It's kind of where I'm at too. I don't mind, you know, Blackman, Story, Arnado, or Dahl, but I don't want to stack them. And when I'm getting into that, it's just getting messy. So, um, as far as the the Pittsburgh side of things here, you know, Josh Bell has been crushing the ball. The dude has a 405 ISO this season against right-handed pitching. If you want to play him, I'm not going to talk you off of it. It's just, you know, he is facing a really good pitcher here in a, in a pitcher's ballpark. So, you know, that's the one downside of playing him here. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's basically the only downside is he's going up against Marquez um, and the ballpark. So I, yeah, this is really a cross-off big game for me for bats. Yeah, and you know the thing is, you're not getting any type of discount, right? Like all these guys are priced up. You're not getting any any kind of discount on any of the guys that you want to play in this game. Bell, Blackman, Arenado, Story, all over five K. Polanco, forty five. Marte, forty four. Like. You know, you're just not getting any discounts here. So, uh, again, that's, you know, one of the other reasons why. So, New York at Baltimore, Domingo Herman against David Hess. Uh, any interest here in Herman? Yeah, I think you have to have a little bit of interest in him, but this slate's so stacked up. Um, he's not the top option there at 9.9K. I think I'd rather go 
up a little bit more for someone else or all the way up at the top that we'll get to later. Um, but he's a fine option. It's just he's not the top option here. I mean, he's got good stuff. He's had some good outings here. This is a decent matchup for him with some decent strikeout upside. It's strictly just the other pitchers that are on the slate. I'll probably end up with one or two shares of them just because I'm going to spread out my ownership a lot, which is what I do pretty much anytime there is a big slate with a whole bunch of aces that you're going to get some that are going to get overlooked. And one or two of these guys is going to end up with 30 points. And one of the chalk guys is likely to end up with a bad game here. So just kind of spreading out ownership is the reason why we'll have some shares in um, Domingo, but he's not the top option in his price tier. Yeah, he, he's coming off of a really good game against this team. Um, put up 85, uh, only 85 pitches, and, and you know put up 29.6 uh, DK points. So coming off of a really game, a really good game. He's eight and two uh, or eight and one. Um, I think that's definitely something to note, you know, especially if you're looking at, you know, playing him over there on FanDuel. I like him a lot um, in, in this spot. It's just going to be, you know, he he's on my, he's in my player pool as far as pitchers go. Um, I, I like a lot of pitchers on the slate. That, that's the problem, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of good pitchers at the top and, you know, it just got to kind of, you know, be careful with how we approach these guys. But a lot of these guys are in play today, and he's certainly another one of those guys. A guy that's not in play is David Hess. Uh, the Yankees have a 5.6 implied team total for a reason. I'll be staying very, very far away from David Hess on this slate. Yeah, he's one of the only pitchers in contention with Australia as being the worst in, in the majors here. Just they happen to be on the same team. Never play Hess unless it's literally just a huge – if he was playing the Marlins, maybe you can play him. And if you need the salary, but this is not – no, don't play him against the Yankees pretty much. Yep, uh, 397 Woba, 402 ISO against righties, 314 Woba, 197 ISO against lefties. The hard hit rate this season, 43%. Hardest off contact ratio is 29.8%. That means he's only getting 13.2%. Soft contact. This is a great spot to load up on the Yankees, and I'm going to do so. Um, I, I think a lot of these Yankees are in play. I, I hate playing DJ LeMahieu in stack spots because he just, you know, he doesn't provide a lot of home run upside. But outside of him, I, I think the Yankees are another team you just want to absolutely load up on, you know, for the second straight day. Yeah, they're one of the four or five teams on the slate that should end up crushing here. I'm going to be using quite a bit of them. Um, Hess, like, like one of the main things he's a Terrible, terrible pitcher, and then you get to the bullpen, which is not good at all. Whole bunch of hard contact in the bullpen, whole bunch of card contact with Hess here. A lot of guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. A great ballpark for hitters here. I mean, I'd start with Void and Sanchez, and from there, like Morales, Torres, Hicks are all fine, but you can pretty much stack this up any way up you want. I mean, LeMahieu, he doesn't really have a huge amount of home run up, upside, but I don't hate that in a stack, and he can still hit the ball out of the park against Hess because Hess is just that bad. An extreme fly ball guy, and we know that LeMahieu actually has a decent exit velocity. So he's going to end up forcing the ball into the air. It's not not a terrible spot to use him. If he's going to get a home run, this is one of the more likely spots. Um, any interest here in the, the Baltimore side of things? No, not really. I mean, Mancini's pretty much always in play. Like, it's just... Herman is just a good enough pitcher that I don't think I want to target any of these guys. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Like, 
you know, a lefty, a lefty would probably be where I'd end up if I was going to play anybody, but I'm probably not going to play anybody, so don't need to spend any time on it. Philadelphia at Chicago. Zach Eflin against Jose Quintana. No no line in this game, Grant, but every site that I've checked, you know, just to make sure that this is actually like what we're looking at, we're looking at like 15 to 18 mile an hour winds blowing in from right center field. Do you have any interest here in Zach Eflin? I mean, you pretty much have to. He's a good enough pitcher, um, and it's the winds blowing in. It's Wrigley. This is what happens. If the winds are blowing out, I don't care how good of a pitcher you are. Uh, you have to have interest in bat- the opposing bats. And if the winds are blowing in, you have to have interest in the pitcher. I mean, Eflin has been pretty decent so far this season here. Had a little bit of a rough outing last time, but it was against Milwaukee here. Um, but just huge upside outings lately. He's 9.4K, which is a little bit tough to stomach. But if you're not really worried about the ball leaving the ballpark, it's going to make his uh, pitches go way fast. Like, it does actually have an effect on the pitching. It does make the ball go faster. It does make breaking balls break slightly less. And with him already being a decent fastball thrower, it's probably going to help out the wind blowing in on his strikeout numbers. So I really like Eflin. Probably some of the biggest upside on the slate here. And I'm going to be using a decent amount of him. Yeah, I'm actually kind of glad that he's not cheap. I feel like... You know, when we're looking at it, if he was cheaper, a lot of people would play him in the spot. And I think a lot of people will end up, you know, giving Jose Quintana a, a chance here because he is cheaper. He's in the same game, same conditions. His ex-VIP is 3.69. He has a 23% K rate. He's been really good against lefties. He's been decent against righties. Um, he's already a ground ball guy. Like, what's your thoughts on Quintana on the other side? I, I generally hate using Katana, but with the wind blowing in, with his price being 7-9, like, you want a top-tier pitcher and you want a medium-tier pitcher, and most of the good bats on the slate are higher priced, so you need to save some money somewhere. And he's right in that same range as Archer, as Turnbull, um, that he's probably, he may not be the top guy using this price range, it might be him, or it's either him or Turnbull, um, but he's definitely in there. He strikes out enough guys, he's not walking too many guys, he's done well this season and although philly is a very tough lineup that has a whole lot of power a lot of that power is negated by that win so he's one of the top options for point per dollar on the entire slate here yeah like my biggest issue with quintana is one i think he's going to be pretty popular and two there's only two guys in this lineup that strike out a lot against left-handed pitching as bryce harper and, and and reese hoskins and you know, when we're looking at McCutcheon, Segura, Ramuto, Cesar Hernandez, you know, those guys just don't strike out. So those are my biggest issues with Quintana. You still got to, you know, make bats miss. But, you know, I, I think he's in play. I do I do want to have him in my player pool today. It's just really going to be like how popular is he going to get at this price? We know people have understand like people understand the wind now in, in Chicago. So it's really going to be like an ownership type of thing for me. I'm not going to go out here and stack against him, um, but I, I do. I, I do also want to respect this lineup enough where, like, if he's going to be major chalk, I, I can walk away. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel, and that's kind of why I'm on Turnbull more than I am Quintana. That is what I am on too, my friend. Um, the Philadelphia hitters. You know, when we look at Gene Segura and, and, you know, he's just been really, really good against left-handed pitching this season. And we know, like, 
He's always a threat to steal bases. He's not, you know, the home run type of guy. Do you have any interest in him? Do you have any interest in the rest of uh, the Philly bats? I just have a general rule where I stay away uh, whenever the wind's blowing in this much. I, it's not a great matchup for him, which would maybe change me the other way. And I don't know if I want to pay all the way up for those bats. So I'm, I'm just I'm, – this is a full another full-on fade for me um, for batters in this game. All right, uh, just no Chicago interest either. No, it's it's. I mean, you can. Rizzo's the only one I would take as a one-off, um, just because Eflin's quite a bit worse versus lefties, and he does give up enough fly balls and hard contact where potentially the ball could leave the yard there. But Rizzo, and that's pretty much it. Listen, I'll play if Schwarber bats lead off again at this price. Like I have interest. I, I know the win will be like the big issue here. Eflin does struggle more against lefties. Like if they're going to hit Schwarber lead off in this spot and he is 3,600 and like, I'm certainly going to consider him. So, you know, uh, you know, it's just more of a price thing at that point, but yeah, Rizzo, the other guy um, moving on here, we got Boston at Toronto. Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman, nine total at Rodriguez is a 142 favorite. Any interest here in Rodriguez? A little bit. Not a whole lot. I mean, obviously, I like to play him a little bit more when he's going up against a bunch of lefties, but this Toronto team has been terrible at certain points, and they have gotten quite a bit hotter lately. Um, but there is some strikeouts in this lineup. There isn't a whole lot of guys that walk, which is what I worry about most with the right. He doesn't have a huge walk rate, but he does work the count quite a bit here. Um, so he can get into those high pitch totals, and that really limits his upside a lot of the time. But this team strikes out a decent clip and doesn't, outside of Sogard and Smoke, not a whole lot of these guys really walk out of high clips here. So I have a little bit of interest in Erod. Again, it's stacked on this slate for pitching, and so I'm not going to go out of my way to get him. But he's slightly cheaper than Marquez, slightly cheaper than Eflin. So if I can't get up, basically most of the lamps I build are going to be just throwing all my batters and then throwing my pitchers afterwards. And just whatever fits, fits. Uh, and he's going to be one of the guys in consideration. But I prefer Marquez to, and Eflin to him by a decent amount. Yeah, Blue Jays, they're, they're 28th this season in, in Team Woba. They're, they have the third lowest ISO. They're striking out a 25.5% clip. And they have the third lowest WRC+. plus. So this is a spot that is really interesting You know, for Eduardo Rodriguez. They only have five home runs on the season against left-handed pitching, which is the lowest amount in the MLB this season against lefties. So everything on paper looks really good here, um, you know, for Eduardo Rodriguez. And if he's going to have low ownership, I'm certainly going to have some interest in him here. But with all the pitchers on the slate, I do think I'll stay away from Marcus Stroman. I know he's a ground ball guy and he, you know, has a little bit of upside, but it's just not the spot that I'm going to play Marcus Stroman on the other side of this game. Yeah, no, uh, Boston has a 4.84 play team total Stroman. Right around a 20% K rate guy going up against a team that is average in strikeouts. Um, too much power here. Even Strowman can get the ball taken out of the yard by five or six of these guys here. It worries me. I don't think I can go with Strowman here. It's just not worth it considering how many other good pitchers are on the slate. Even though he is cheap enough, I just don't think I can go there here. Uh, what are we looking at here on the Red Sox side of things? I don't generally target too much against uh, Strowman, so it's pretty much just guys that can hit the ball up into the air. Bogarts, Moreland, 
Betts, JD, Benintendi. Um, they're the ones that really have the best shot of taking the ball out of the yard. They're the best batters there. And I don't mind a stack here. I generally don't like to stack too much against Stroman, but this is a slate where there's not many good, there's so many good pitchers that there's not a whole lot of great hitting spots. So um, Boston's honestly going to be one of my higher own stacks, especially going on the road. So, you know, you got a full nine innings of at bats. So what's interesting here is I didn't really have a ton of interest in the Red Sox. And then I, you know, when you were talking there, I started to look at like Ben attendee, Bogards and Mitch Moreland profile really, really well uh, against Marcus Stroman. Mookie Betts does not JD Martinez does not like, this might be one of those like weird stacks that I run out like a, a one, four, five, like six or something, or like a one, four, five, back end of a of a different type of stack kind of thing but Ben attendee Mitch Moreland Bogarts profile really well uh, against Marcus Stroman um and they and you know I'm guessing like they've seen him a bunch this is a division game so I, I like those guys those three guys really stand out to me uh, Mookie does not profile really well against him though I, I will say that yeah well I mean you got me sold that probably I'll still end up using Mookie or JD or both in most of my stacks. Yeah, I, I completely understand. You know, you still got the bullpen to deal with there. So I, I get it. It's just, it, it's, I like run, running those weird Boston stacks, um, you know, on the back end of a different stack. So uh, the Toronto side of things, nothing really standing out to me here, you know, as far as against lefties, like whoever the catcher is, um, I, I don't mind punting the Toronto catcher as long as they continue to stay really cheap. And they're both under 3K still. So I don't mind playing the catcher here. But outside of that, there's just not a lot standing out to me. Vlad has been really, really bad, you know, since he got called up against lefties. 75% ground ball rate, zero ISO, 0.092 OBA. 17 plate appearances, a very small sample, but enough sample where I'm going to make him start proving it to me against lefties before I start playing him a lot more. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. It's it's interesting too because Erod has been terrible versus lefties this year for no real apparent reason. He's not giving up much more hard contact, not giving up a whole lot of fly balls, but four thirty nine woba against him. I'm willing to believe that just complete sample size aberration here. So I I don't think I'm going to end up going with probably anyone in this lineup outside, like you said, Jansen or whoever else, whoever starts a catcher just for price savings because you need to save salary somewhere i think toronto bats are fade for me all right um moving on here we have miami at detroit caleb smith spencer turnbull seven and a half total pick them game um man caleb smith is quickly like turning into like one of my favorite pitchers grant i i really i'm a huge fan of this guy i really like this guy he's his swinging strike rate i think is absolutely legit and like, his stuff is just nasty. Uh, he's on the wrong team. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, chances are he's going to get traded for almost nothing pretty soon and win a Cy Young. I think that's just what happens with Miami players. You do really well or you do mediocre, and then you get traded, and and you're in a much better spot. So that'll happen eventually. But, yeah, this season, under a 3x, 35% K rate, 16% swing strike rate, going up against a not very good Detroit team. He's my top option on the entire slate. I'm guessing he's going to be moderately chalky, um, but I just really don't care. The upside is there. The downside really isn't there that much. 
I don't see many ways that Detroit ends up beating them up. 20 points in, what, seven, eight straight starts. 35-point upside here. I love Caleb Smith today. He's my top option. And honestly, in cash, I'm not going to be surprised if I end up using him over Verlander. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to approach my cash lineup today. There, there's so many good pitchers on this slate, but Caleb Smith is certainly somebody I'm considering. You mentioned his 16.5% swing and strike rate this season. That's the second highest in Major League Baseball as far as you know qualified starters. Uh, the only person above him is Blake Snell. Like He's above Scherzer, Cole, DeGrom, Castillo, Strasburg, Sale. Like He's above all these guys. Um, his stuff is legit. This team's a little, you know, they're getting a little bit better against left-handed pitching. You know, Castellanos, Miguel Cabrera, Ronnie Rodriguez, they're, they're, they're solid. There's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. There's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So I really do like Caleb Smith. And, you know, we kind of already hinted at, you know, Spencer Turnbull. Like, the, the biggest downside for Tom, Turnbull is his numbers against lefties. But when we look at his numbers against righties, 249 Woba, .078 ISO, 29.8% strikeout rate. You know, the hard's the soft contact ratio, still about 18%. I like to see it a little bit lower, but the 50% ground ball rate definitely helps that. And when we're just looking at this Marlins team, Neil Walker and Herrera, the only two lefties, seven righties here because they're gaining the DH. Like, this is a spot that Turnbull should go out and pitch really well. And like, like, like we were talking about, like if it's between him and Quintana, like I'm leaning Turnbull right now. And I'm like seriously considering playing Turnbull in cash games at this point. Um, what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, my plan is to play Turnbull in cash games. I mean, pitchers versus Miami is generally a good option, unless you're, for some reason, Jacob DeGrom or Trevor Bauer. Um, but everyone else seems to be able to mow through them pretty easily here. They are not good. Decent enough K stuff. So many righties in here. You nailed them. Nailed it right on the head there. 28% K rate versus righties. I love Turnbull here. He's the top point per dollar play probably on the entire slate. He's too cheap at 7-9 considering the matchup. Yep, love it. Uh, I have zero interest in the Marlins bats. Do you like anything here? Nope, nope. Uh, anything for Detroit? Uh, no, just no. You're, it's not worth it I'm trying to target anyone against Caleb Smith right now. Yeah, I just really check really quickly checking pricing. Um, I don't mind taking a shot on Nick Castellanos in tournaments at thirty seven hundred. If it's a non Caleb Smith team and you you're in that price range, I don't hate it. But I, I don't love it but for what it's worth. I, I really do like Caleb Smith and respect the talent. Yeah. Uh, Wa Washington at New York, seven and a half total. Eric Fede against Zach Wheeler. Uh Wheeler a one forty favorite. Uh any interest here in Fede? No, no. I mean, is, is he, he's probably not even going to go that late. I know he's in the rotation now, but I can't imagine he goes far enough into the game to really do too much. Yeah, and like, you know, he's just in that price range where I don't really need to go down that far. You know, we we kind of expect him to throw probably 60 pitches in this start. Like, just not enough on this slate. Like, he's, he's just not going to pay off his price on this slate. Um and if he pitches more, so be it. But I, I just don't see him pitching much more than like 60, potentially 70 pitches. He's filling in for Anibal Sanchez, who's dealing with um, an injury, <laughs> injury to his ego. Um, <laughs> do you have any interest here in Zach Wheeler? I have a little bit. Again, this is another one of these guys that isn't the top option in his range, but 
has potential for a 30-point outing here. Washington's a good team, and I get that they did just beat him up a little bit in his last start. But you look at that, and I was paying attention. He just kind of got just babbit like crazy there. He still struck out a decent amount of guys, had a whole lot of ground balls, and yet still gave up 11 hits, only walked two guys, and only gave up one bomb. Like it's, It was just unlucky there. Pretty darn good pitcher here. The price is all right. He's not the best play on the slate in his price range. I'd put him slightly above Erod, but below Ermon um, and Eflin. But he's definitely a guy that could end up with 30 here. And if need be, I will end up throwing him into some of my lineups. Can we like legitly say that Washington owns him? You know, he's faced them three times this season. If you look at his other six starts this season, you compare him to the three Washington starts. He's just really struggled in those three starts. And I get the Babbitt thing, but 17 earned runs over three starts concerns me. This is the fourth time he's seeing this offense. And we're in like, I guess we're technically towards the end of May, but like Grant, like four times before the all-star break against one team. Like I, I can't play Wheeler today. Um, if he goes out and dominates, so be it. I, there's just so many pitching options on this slate. Like I, I'm just concerned that it's like th- this team has seen him way too much, and this team's getting healthy. Like I, I'm just gonna stay away from Zach Wheeler today. I mean, so you gotta look at it in a little bit situationally. So the first two starts of the season were against this team here, and they're not a team that walks at that high of a clip. The second outing, he had seven walks. That means that it probably had something to do with them seeing him on back-to-back starts. Um, so they were just able to kind of tell exactly what he was going to be throwing. Maybe he was tipping things. I don't know. Maybe he just lost his control. But the first two starts of the season were a little bit of an aberration there. And then this last start versus Washington, like I said, 11 hits. That's not going to happen too much. But, again, he is seeing them again for back-to-back starts. So, Potentially, they may be able to figure him out again. I, I understand it. I'm just I'm willing to take a shot on him, considering probably not going to have a lot of ownership, and there is still a decent amount of upside. Yeah, I, I get it. Like I, I just built a Washington stack to throw in like the four dollar tournament. I, I can't lie. Like just looking at and I just think they own him. And if he goes out and dominates him, so be it. I, I completely understand why you want to play him. He, he is a good pitcher. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't do it. That's completely understandable. I shouldn't like him as a pitcher, but I, I, well, I don't like him as a pitcher. He just actually has some good stuff. There's he does. Yeah, he, he certainly has some good stuff. That Mets rotation is good. Um, he has a really good, you know, sinker slider combo. All four of those Mets pitchers are good. <laughs> um, any interest? I, I kind of just said what I was doing with Washington. I'll, I'll throw a stack out there in like the four dollar tournament just because the stats point me to it. But like, I'm not suggesting doing it on a main core team here. Yeah, no, I don't mind it for GBPs. Like you said, they have hit him well. And even if you don't believe in BVP for batters, pitchers against opposing batters, it is a very, very real thing that some teams just are able to beat up on pitchers. Maybe they figured something out. Maybe they know what they're doing. I don't know. But Wheeler could be in for some trouble here. If he is, then this is going to be a lower own stacked likely today. And so I don't mind stacking them up a little bit, even in a not-so-great pitcher's ball or hitter's ballpark. Yeah, you, you mentioned BVP. If you're into BVP, 
Adam Eaton, Trey Turner, um, Gerardo Parra. That, that's the guys you need to be looking at. Um, any interest in the Mets bats here? I mean, a little bit. Fetty's not great, and he's only going to be in there for 60 pitches. We don't know what bullpen arms are going to end up going. So if they end up beating up on Fetty a little bit, then there's a decent shot that they just throw in their worst bullpen bullpen arms. So while they only have a 4.02 implied team total right now, a lot of that over-under in this game has a bit to do with the fact that, like, if he's playing well, then they'll likely go way under. If it, he's not playing well, it's likely to go way under, over. So I don't mind a stack. I don't think I'm planning on using any one-off bats outside of Alonzo just because the dude has power. Um, but this is a not a bad tournament uh, stack spot here. Yeah, I don't mind him. Um, is Cano like still ridiculously priced? Like he's been like so cheap. Like he's thirty five hundred again. Like he he just continues to be too cheap. Yeah, no, it's pretty much kind of where I start off most days for my cash game lineup. Um, whether it works out or not, it's just what I have to end up doing. Um, he's pretty much always in plays one off. Yeah, just you know, at that price, like I, I'll just take the price. So. Um, nothing else. Let's move on. Dodgers in Tampa Bay. Um, I, I really wish that I, I would have saw on the schedule this game. I would have went to Tampa for this game. Like to see Clayton Kershaw pitch in person would have been cool. But Clayton Kershaw against Hunter Wood slash Jalen Beeks. Wood will open. Beeks will come in. Um, I gotta see what I'm doing Wednesday. I might go see a Dodgers race game. Um, any interest here in Clayton Kershaw? Another guy that's just kind of right there with everyone else. I don't think I prefer him nearly as much as I do the other guys, but I will have some exposure in tournaments. He has not like done well from a fantasy's perspective most of the time this year. And he isn't striking out guys at a huge clip, but he's still a very good pitcher that's gotten a little bit unlucky this year. Um, so he's still very dominant, still an above average K-rate guy, even though he's not elite anymore. He's above average. It's in Tampa Bay. It's a decent pitcher's ballpark. This team has a whole lot of Ks all the way up and down this year. I mean, this year, not a single one of the expected starting hitters have had under a 20% K rate versus lefties. They strike out, I think, at the second highest rate in the league so far this year versus lefties. So it gives him a little bit more upside. I'm not going to roster him as much as Caleb Smith, but I will have some tournament exposure with him. Uh, Fair enough. Um, I don't mind Kershaw. I, I think it's a good spot for him. Um, I don't know how many teams I end up building with Kershaw today, but I, I don't hate it. Um, I'm not playing Jalen Beeks today. I can tell you that. I, I'm not attacking this whole um, situational thing on a slate that we have a million pitchers to choose from. Yeah, and Beeks is generally the one I like using the least out of long relief pitchers here. Um, and I mean, let's be honest, the Dodgers are just too darn good anyways. I don't think we currently have a line for this game, um, but I'm expecting it probably to be around 4.2 would be my guess. Their implied team total here. I'd, I'd rather use Dodgers bats by a decent margin over Beaks. Yeah, completely understand that. Um, 
Dodgers bats, you know, Justin Turner is interesting. It'd be really interesting to see the lineup that they roll out here. Do they roll a lineup to face Hunter Wood or do they roll a lineup to face Jalen Beeks? Uh, do they have the righties or lefties in there? But um, either way, I like Justin Turner. And I like Kiki Hernandez in this spot. Bellinger's always in play. You know, he hits lefties and righties. Does not matter who's throwing him baseballs. Yeah, um, I, I really hope they roll out a bit of a lefty heavy lineup here. Going against Beeks, if Muncy's in, if Peterson's in, if Belly, Seager are all near the top of the lineup here, they're probably going to get um, Wood going through the first go-around. And Beeks isn't going to go six innings here, so it's not like facing a full lefty. I'm not really worried about the splits, and even most of the Dodgers are good enough hitters where they can hit a lefty pretty darn well here. So going up against Beeks doesn't worry me. I love Muncy, I love Belly, I love Peterson. And I'm going to use quite a bit of them. Turner is just the obvious guy, both good versus lefties and righties, but absolutely smashes lefties here. So I like this is going to be one of my favorite stats, stacks. And if Kike's in there batting more towards the bottom of the lineup, he's not going to be used a whole lot, but he's probably getting an extra at-bat versus a lefty in all likelihood if he does, because uh, what's-his-name is going to be out of the game after an inning or two. Um, any interest in the raise bats? <sighs> Not really. I mean, Kershaw's gotten a little unlucky this year, but still super dominant. They strike out at way too high of a clip. I don't. I, I just. I don't see a whole lot of upside from anyone. If I was going to target anyone, it would probably be Diaz. But I don't. I don't think anyone's really worth going with. I haven't looked at their pricing to be honest. So we'll check it out. But I don't think that they. I don't think I'll use any Rays today. Yeah, I'm probably not playing any Rays either. Cincinnati at Milwaukee, Sunny Gray, Gio Gonzalez, eight and a half total. Um, Gio is a one thirty-eight favorite. Any interest here in Sunny Gray? I mean, he's played well this season, but I just like this is a very tough Milwaukee lineup with a whole lot of lefties, and he's giving up a bunch of hard contact in a good hitter's ballpark here. I get that the K's are there this season, and I get that he does have good stuff here, but a forty-three percent hard contact rate this season is just way, way too much for me. And, like, you look at the numbers versus lefties and versus righties this year, 0.058 ISO versus lefties, 0.156 versus righties. The righties one makes sense, but that number against lefties, 51% hard contact rate. And we obviously have Yelich, Moustakas, Grindall, probably Thames in there. So I I don't think I can – I don't think I can play Gray here, even though he has pitched well. I think he might get beat up pretty badly. Yeah, my gut feeling on this one is stack the Brewers. So I'm not going to play Gray. The Brewers are a stack that I'm going to be looking at. Um, I think it's sneaky. As far as um, Gio Gonzalez goes, I I don't think I've played Gio Gonzalez in a long time, and I'm certainly not going to start here. Yeah, I don't think I've played him in – I hope I haven't played him in two years. I did. It was – Probably a misclick. Um, I'm not going to do it right now. Yep. Um, as far as the Cincinnati's bats go, like I like Suarez. I like Sanzel. Is Votto at the price point that we got to consider him? I hate playing Votto. So I'm I'm the biased one. I hate playing him. And I'm just asking, like, 3600 for Joey Votto. Like, are you considering him at all? I mean, I just don't see a whole lot of upside with him. Um, I just... I don't know. Geo's not a bad ground ball pitcher. He's not 
giving up a whole lot of hard contact. It's obviously lefty, lefty here. So Votto, even at 3,600, just there isn't a whole lot of power there anymore. He works the count a lot more. So on DK, like the price tag makes sense since he's going to try and walk most of the time anyways and it doesn't have the platoon split. I, I don't think I want to go with Votto at that price tag. There are multiple other hitters, good hitters, that are just in bad spots or slightly worse spots. I'd rather go with 3,600. Uh, anybody else from the Reds that you like, though? Uh, Senzel's fine. Suarez is fine. Puig, I don't hate, but just the way he's playing so far. Don't know if I want to go there. I'd rather target lefties over Milwaukee, and there just aren't power-hitting lefties on this lineup anymore. And Chio's a lefty, too. All right, looking at the other side of this game, the Brewers' bats. I'm telling you, Grant, one of these times, Sonny Gray is going to go out there with this massive hard hit rate, and he's going to get shelled. And what better team to do that than this Brewers team? Yelich, Mustakas, Gradal, Hera, Thames, Braun, Kane. Like, this is a spot that I'm certainly going to have at least one Brewers stack out there today. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm prob- They're honestly one of my favorite stacks on the entire board today. Uh, just, yeah, like I said, 50% hard hit rate versus lefties this season. People are actually looking at the straight up numbers, not looking at hard contact, seeing just a like sub 100 ISO versus lefties. That's not going to continue there. I get that he doesn't give up a whole lot of fly balls, but he's just getting hit hard. This is the spot where I think he gets real beat up here. I'm targeting the lefties and I don't mind throwing in brawn with their, like, Sonny Gray's not great against righties either. He still has a 333 Woba versus righties this year too. So throwing in any of the righties in here in a stack is not a bad idea either. But I'm starting with Grandal, I'm starting with Bustakis, and I'm starting with Yelch for my stack. Seattle at Texas. Tommy Malone uh, against Lance Lynn in Texas with it being 80 degrees. Oh, buddy. Um, Any interest here in Tommy Malone? Nope. When's the last time this guy is even pitching the bigs? I think he was there a year ago. No, two years ago, but uh, he wasn't great there then either. He pitched with the Nationals last year. Had decent numbers, but massive hard hit rate. Um, and a 2.39 home run per nine, you know, going into Texas. Woo, buddy. Um, yeah, I have zero interest in Tommy Malone here. Just looking at his 2018 stats, he struggled massively against righties. And uh, there are some righties that we can target in this lineup. Um, any interest in Lance Lynn on the other side of this game? Uh, with the heat in Texas and with a few decent lefties in there, I don't think so. Yep. Um, let's start Seattle off with uh, Vogelbaum. Uh, that's certainly going to happen today. A great spot for Vogelbaum. Um, no longer known as Vogelbach, known as Vogelbaum. Um, love this spot for him. You know, Hanniger, E5, Healy. Healy got banged up uh, on Monday. You'll have to see if he's in the lineup or not. Um, they could play uh, J.P. Crawford and Beckham together, I guess. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what that lineup looks like. But, yeah, I love Vogelbach here. He's one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Love Vogelbach. Navarez, not a bad catcher play here, although I think he's still priced up a little bit too high. Um, Bruce, even if he's batting lower on the lineup, dude still has a 315 ISO versus righties this year. Lynn, obviously, been worse versus lefties. Um, 
pretty much his entire career. Always a guy we target with righty-heavy lineups, and there's enough lefties in here to make me want to play a lot of these Mariners te- uh, players here. Uh, the total for the game is not out yet. It doesn't look like, but... It's going to be can, high. <laughs> yeah. Been blowing in from right, 82 degrees. It's probably going to be the highest on the slate. These teams may not have the highest run total, but they're going to be somewhat close. Two teams where I'm going to be targeting for cash and for tournaments, targeting the lefties over on the Mariners, specifically Volkbach. Yeah, looking at the the Texas side, man, these guys are priced uh, ridiculous today. You, you're paying up for these guys, but you know when when you have some cheaper pitchers, you can certainly make it work. You know, the guy that I like was Foresight. He's expensive. Pence is expensive. Gallo has a ton of power against lefties. He's either strikeout or home run, so he's interesting. Mazzara has been hitting lefties very well this season. Like, this is a spot that I know, you know, obviously I like all the Texas bats. It's just going to be figuring out how to make some of these bats work because they are extremely expensive today. Yeah, and I mean, something I realized, too, is Tommy Malone's probably not going to make it too far in the game because he's not that great and he's going to get beat up a little bit. The Seattle bullpen is not great here. I want to stack him up. I'm going to try and start with Gallo. Um, outside of him, I, I don't think there's anyone in particular that I want to go with. I don't care that Gallo's going up against a lefty. It does not matter to me. Um, but Pence has been crushing the ball. I don't care if it's a lefty or a righty. I think there's going to be far, probably five innings of a bullpen. I don't expect Malone to bank it past four innings here. Uh, so lefty, lefty splits is just going to lower ownership here. Um, but, yeah, this is a great stack spot and just one-off bats. I think I target more guys from Houston, from Seattle, um, and from Boston if I'm going one-off bats. All right, uh, moving on. We got Chicago at Houston, Dylan Covey against Justin Verlander, 8.5 total. It's very rare that we see a minus 360 pitcher, but that's exactly what we're seeing today um, with Justin Verlander. Do you have any interest here in Dylan Covey? No, 5.8 implied run total for Houston. I do love playing White Sox pitchers, but Covey's pretty much the only one that I never end up playing at all. Covey and Nova. Yeah, when you're when your walk rate is double your strikeout rate, you know, there's definitely something going on there. So I'm gonna pass on Dylan Covey. Verlander is certainly in play today. You know, it really just depends on how you want to build your lineups. Do you want Verlander? Do you want to pay up for Verlander? Do you want some of these other guys? He's in a great spot. He's probably going to go out and have a dominant game. It's just really a line of construction. He's not a bad play whatsoever. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough to fit him in considering his salary, but he's 2.7 implied total for these White Sox. Um, And I get that Houston has a good bullpen and that factors into it, but Verlander tends to go pretty late into games anyways. Always has a fairly long leash and... Like he's one of the top strikeout pitchers on the entire slate here. I'd prefer if there was more lefties in the lineup. You have to wait and see who's going to be in there. But just looking at the current lineup, twenty-five percent K rate versus left or versus righties, pretty much all the way up and down this lineup here. Um, so in Moncada, he's a guy that generally does a lot better versus righties, but with Verlander's reverse splits, makes me worry about him quite a bit less. So. Yes, I want to play Verlander. It's just going to be very tough with roster construction today. Yeah, you know, when you're when you're starting out your cash team, it's do I play Verlander? Do I play Smith? Do I play Granky? 
you know, obviously, like, all those guys are in play for cash. Um, you know, it's really going to come down to roster construction because I, I think I end up with Verlander or Smith here as my SP1 in cash. It's just making figuring out how to make it work um, because I do plan on paying down for my SP2. Uh, any white sauce bats? No. Jose Abreu, for some reason, he he he's hit Verlander really well in the past. He's 15 for 41 with five home runs. I came across that earlier when I was looking at stuff. If you want a really low one-off, I, I don't hate it, but I I don't think I can do it, even though like he's had a lot of success off of him, which makes kind of sense. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like, if Springer's back or not. They, they said no serious injury for him. Um, I, I like all the Houston bats right back to the well in Houston, Chicago bullpen stinks. Like this is a great spot to attack the Houston bats. Yeah. And well, Cubby stinks too. I think I prefer more of a stack over on FanDuel, um, just cause Cubby's walking everyone. So it's going to be more just runs, RBIs and walks than anything. They're a great stack over on FanDuel. They're a very good stack over on DK or fantasy draft. Bregman, Correa, probably the first two guys I start with, but I really like Brantley too. If Springer's back in the lineup, just the same thing as always. One through four stack is always in play for Houston, and this is a very good spot that they could end up getting just boatloads of runs real quick. And if Covey is just as wild as he has been all season, he's not going to make it past four innings. We're going to have all the bad White Sox arms here. So it's definitely a great stack-up spot here, and it's probably it might actually be the top stack of the entire slate here, just depending on what ownership's going to end up being. Um, moving on here, we got Kansas City at St. Louis, Homer Bailey against Michael Waka, nine total. Uh, any interest here in Homer Bailey? No, I learned my lesson several weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any interest. The white, the, the, the St. Louis team, very, very good up and down. Bailey has a 52.5% hard hit rate against righties this season. His hardest off contact ratio is 39%. So, all these righties in this lineup, all the balls off the bats are going to be coming off hard. So I'm going to pass on Homer Bailey here. Um, Michael Waka, I, I still think there's something wrong with him. He's looked terrible this season. Um, I, I just there's no chance I'm playing him on this slate. I know he's extremely ex cheap at 6600. The matchup is decent, but I, I really think there's something wrong with him. Yeah, I'd rather take a shot on Sonny Gray than Waka here at pretty much the same price tag, but. I'm not a huge fan of any of these pitchers in that price range. Yeah, I'm not playing any of those guys today. Um, Kansas City hitters, anything standing out here against Waka? I mean, pretty much all of them. Waka just has not been good this season. He's walking a whole lot of guys, so it makes a Casey stack at potentially lower ownership. They only have a four-implied team total here. So if Waka isn't gonna, doesn't have his A stuff, then they can easily do some damage here. Um, Wit Lopez, Mondesi, where, and Dozier, where I start with a stack. But I don't mind pretty much any of these bats here. I just wouldn't go out of my way with any of them. Yeah, Hunter Dozier is really interesting as a one-off play. Um, never really gets the type of ownership that, you know, he should. And, you know, depending on what we're looking at here, like we're looking at massive wins. So it's really going to, you know, see what Roth has to say. You know, right now it's looking like it's blowing across the field, but 22 mile an hour winds blowing across the field might be very interesting. So 
going to have to revert to Kevin Roth on this one and see what he says. But some of these Kansas City bats are cheap, so you can kind of fill in a stack with them. Like, you know, I, I don't hate that. Like, Hunter Dozier is 4300 That That's a really solid price for him in this matchup. Um, St. Louis bats. You know, Zuna really stands out to me in this spot. I know you're paying up for him, but, you know, I was talking about the hard hit rate for Bailey. This seems like a spot, like, when we look at Ozuna's hard hit rate this season, you know, at 49.5%. When we look at all the St. Louis bats' hard hit rates, like, there's going to be a lot of hard contact in this spot. Yeah, no, not a single one of the projected bats in this lineup have under a 40% hard hit rate versus righties. And Bailey has over a 50% hard hit versus righties this year. So there's going to be a ton of hard contact. Ball's going to be flying, whether it's a line drive, ground ball, fly ball. It's going to be just leaving the bat hot. And Bailey, 10% walk rate. Most of the bats in this lineup are walking in double-digit rates so far this season here. I love this stack. Where I'm starting is obviously Carp, Goldschmidt, DeJong, Ozuna. But I don't hate throwing in Martinez, Molino, Wong, Fowler. Like You're going to get lower ownership with Wong there. And I know that Bailey's given up a whole lot more hard contact to righties. But he's still giving up more. He's still giving up a forty-five percent hard hit rate to lefties too. And Juan could easily double dong here in the eight hole at almost no ownership. So, if you're looking for one-off power bats, this is probably the top spot on the entire slate, and it's a good stack. Yep, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I really like the spot for St. Louis, and I don't think they'll be pretty popular here. Um. Atlanta at San Francisco, Julio Tehran against Sean Anderson, seven and a half total pick them game. Any interest here in Julio Tehran? I mean, it's over in San Francisco, so I have a bit of bit of interest in him. I mean, the problem is I don't know if I want to pay 8.5 when I can get slightly better or a lot better pitchers at slightly um, more uh, salary. He does have a decent K rate on the season, 23%. Obviously, we know he struggles a bit more versus lefties than he does righties. Belt's something we have to worry about, but Duggar's not great. Panic's not great. Crawford's not great. Sandoval's playing pretty darn well versus righties this year, but I'm, that's going to regress a bit. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that I can pull the trigger too much on Teheran, um, but if he's going to get into trouble, most likely it's going to be from walks, so... That doesn't really get mitigated too much by San Francisco, like home runs too. So I'm probably out on Tehran, but I don't. I'm not going to talk you off of them, basically. Yeah, I just think there's too many pitchers on this slate. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to end up in this like on him in this spot. Um, it's a matter of time before Sean Anderson got called up. He's the top pitching prospect in the Giants organization. Threw pretty pretty well in his first start out. Um, obviously big difference, um, when you're facing Toronto and you're facing the Atlanta Braves, uh, do you have any interest here in Sean Anderson at 6,900? Yeah. It's the price tag that makes me really interested here. I mean, in triple a this season, he had, I think it was a 25% K rate. Um, yeah, 25% K rate, obviously close to that in his first start. A lot of projection systems have him as a less of a strikeout pitcher, but uh, he seems to have figured things out a little bit more this year. He's priced so cheap, and he's playing in San Francisco. I, I, It's basically if I can't get up to Turnbull, then I'll go with Anderson. It's that simple. It's a great, great uh, park here. It's a tough lineup, but they only have a th- the Braves only have a 3.7 implied team total here. Sean Anderson, I'm not going to be surprised with all the high-priced bats here if he ends up being my top 
own guy on the entire slate just strictly because of Bryce. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about a young pitcher like Anderson is the Braves are patient. They walk a lot. But when we're considering the price, you're con- you you know that risk going in. So it's more of, like you said, it's it's a price point play. Um, and I certainly don't mind taking a little bit of risk here um, at this price point, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at a, a, a big stack. Um, is there any of the Atlanta hitters that you want to target here? I mean, no, not really. I'm just looking at Anderson's minor league stacks. He was never really that big of a home run guy. Like, decent enough ground ball pitcher here. And playing over in San Francisco, I don't see a huge amount of uh, home runs being hit by any of these guys here. Yes, they can walk. Like, yes, runs can be scored, but it's not going to be a great fantasy outing if they do. I just generally stay away from stacks over in San Francisco. And one-off bats, unless the price is right, then I generally stay away from two, and I don't think that there's any bats I really want to use here. Yeah, like I don't mind Acuna or Donaldson or Riley as one-offs, um, but really not going to end up on any of these guys. And as far as the Giants go, if any of these lefties are cheap, I don't hate them. Tehran struggles against lefties. Like Brandon Belt's interesting if you're playing him in the outfield. I hate this ballpark, but like I, I don't mind maybe looking at a cheap lefty bat in in, in a – in a stack or to finish off a stack, but Brandon belt's interesting at 4,100, but outside of that, like nobody else is really that cheap that I'd be interested in. I'd rather play Cano over panic. Um, I was looking, I don't see, Oh, Brandon Crawford's 2,900. Like I might use him as a punt on a couple teams at that price. Yeah. After I just said, I don't like using stacks in San Francisco that often. This is more just about pricing, like um, using them in a double stack, either a three or four man stack of the lefties here, Duggar, Belt, Sandoval, and Crawford, all of them going against a terrible pitcher versus lefties. 2,900 for Crawford, 34, I think, for, uh, what's his name, Duggar, 35 for Duggar, 41 for Belt, who's actually a good hitter, and then Sandoval. It's not a bad move to go with these guys and just... Hope for the best. Plus, if I remember correctly, Lance's bullpen has not been great this year. Yeah, I loaded up on, you know, Sorica on Monday, and it obviously worked out pretty well. Um, but, yeah, Brandon Crawford might be my cash game shortstop at that price to get in some extra bats. Um, Moving on, Minnesota at L.A., 10 total here. Michael Pineda against Trevor Cahill. Um, pick him game, 10 total in Los Angeles. Um, any interest here in Michael Pineda? He's cheap, but no, not really. Yeah, I think I'd end up on Anderson before I end up on Pineda here. Yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, it's a five implied run total against compared to a 3.75, and you're only saving 400 bucks by going down to Pineda. I don't think it's – and this uh, Angels team just doesn't strike out a big enough clip for me to want to take a shot on Pineda. Uh, Trevor Cahill this season, 453 Woba, 313 ISO with a 12% K rate against lefties. Going to face quite a bit of lefties here. I'm going to pass on Trevor Cahill as well. Agreed. Uh, let's talk Minnesota bats. Kepler, Polanco, Rosario, guys that are standing out to me. Um, you know, like when, Grant, when do you think we'll, we'll see a price increase for Kepler that 
makes it where he's not worth playing. Like he's only 4,200 now um, after being like three in the threes for like a week. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they'll figure it out eventually, but probably not. This is a, I, I feel like this would have been the spot where they're like, all right, yeah, Cahill has real big splits. We should probably price him up. Nope, nope, they didn't. Um, so, yeah, Kepler is going to be one of the first guys into my cash game lineup today. Um, going to be one of my higher-owned bats. But, yeah, any of these lefties here, Kepler, Polanco, Rosario, are all great. Don't mind using Crone. Don't mind using Scope. Both of them are very good plays today. He may be a 400-plus Woba guy versus lefties this year, but he's still giving up a 42% hard contact rate to righties, a 323 ISO to righties here. He's just not strike. He's just striking him out at a higher clip, and that's pretty much the reason why he's so much worse versus lefties. Looking at the numbers here, um, so you really get about the same upside with lefties and righties here. Don't feel afraid. Don't be afraid to leave in any righties with some power on this, including Sano there. Even though uh, Cahill does strike out righties at a twenty percent clip, Sano still has the power to hit the ball out of the park. Going up against a guy that has a forty percent hard contact rate to righties. The other guy that I want to mention is Jason Castro. I hate paying up a catcher, but he's certainly worth looking at here. He's just everything coming off as bad as hard. Um, can he keep it up is the big question. But against a pitcher that doesn't strike people out that often, you know, he's certainly somebody to look at. As far as, you know, the Angels go here, you know, we, we talked a lot about the Minnesota side. Obviously, Mike Trout's a, a fantastic play here, but. The guy that's really standing out to me is Otani. He's 4,200, and he's been another guy that's just, you know, everything coming off his bat has been hard. 50% hard hit rate with an average exit velocity of 96.1 and 35 plate appearances. Like, Otani's been hitting everything hard. Like, I'm looking at, you know, Otani and these guys as well. Yeah, no, I don't understand why he's still 4,200 here. Dude's a very, very good hitter, um, has a whole lot of power. One of my favorite plays on the entire slate here, going up against Pineda, who has been a lot worse to righties, but uh, still giving up a 250 ISO to lefties so far this year. I don't know. I, I j still generally don't like stacking the Angels, or at least full stacking them too often, but today's not a bad spot. Going Lestella, Trout, Otani, uh, Calhoun, and just throwing in one other person wherever you have the salary for it. Um, but Otani and Trout are obviously the first two guys I'm throwing into my lineup. All right. Last game on the slate. We got Arizona at San Diego. Zach Greinke against Matthew Strom. Seven and a half total. Strom, a 114 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Greinke? Yeah, this price point, I, 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 I will use a little bit of him. Um, just I'm assuming that Caleb Smith is going to be one of the chalkier players on today's slate, which will drastically reduce Greinke's ownership. And he still does have a fairly high upside when you consider his price here. 25% K round the season, but he obviously doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. So that can help him go deeper into games here. Decent amount of strikeouts all the way up and down the San Diego Padres lineup here. I don't think there's a single one under 20% versus right-handed pitching. So I like if Caleb Smith is going to be the chalkier guy by a large margin, I'm going to end up pivoting a lot to Grinky in tournaments. Yeah, I don't mind Grinky. I, I will say, like, Reyes continues to crush righties this season. And Hunter Renfro profiles really well uh, against Grinky. So, like, those two guys are the guys that I'm worried about the most here. But, you know, obviously they're both righties. But 
Granky's high, you know, high hard hit rate and high fly ball rate kind of worries me for Reyes and Renfro against righties. So I like Granky here. I don't know how much I'll end up playing him, but I do like him. Um, it's just I like Smith more. I don't care about ownership on, on a 14 game slate, especially at a pitcher that I like. Matthew Strom on the other side of this game, Grant, and he's been decent. 264 Woba, 144 ISO against righties. Going to face probably seven righties here. Uh, do you have any interest in him? I mean, it's a, another spot where he's just like he's in play. Uh, he's kind of in that weird uh, no man's land be- for salary where it's Turnbull below him at five or at six hundred less, and it's a Wheeler above him at five or six hundred more. So I'm going to end up with a decent amount of uh, Strom in play for this mat or for the slate in all likelihood just assuming after looking through things. It's not that great of a matchup. It's just all right. He still has a decent implied team total against him at 3.6, but it's not overly overly large here. He's got upside with his uh, stuff here, and he still doesn't walk out or walk righties at a high pace. So he might be able to go later into the game here. Like I said, he doesn't stand out as a great play, but he's just kind of in that range where I'm probably going to end up with a decent amount of him because there's no one within 500 bucks that I want to use. Yeah, the thing about like Strom is the pitch count. You know, it's the same thing we talk about with Chris Paddock all the time. They they've openly come out, Andy Green's openly come out and, and said like they're going to watch the pitch count of, you know, Strom and and Paddock. So like, you know, that's I think the biggest downside for him. There's not a lot of strikeouts in this lineup in general uh, already. So I'm going to probably stay away from Strom today. I'll either go up to Eduardo Rodriguez or go down to Quintana, Turnbull, one of those guys, but probably not going to end up with Matthew Strom today. I completely understand why you'd play him. Um, The biggest thing, too, is the Diamondbacks don't walk at a huge clip either. So I worry about the pitch count, but even with 85, 90 pitches, he's gotten to six innings, what, five of the last six games? and he got to eight innings in one of those on 87 pitches, he can go deeper into a game very easily, um, even going under 90 pitches here. So just thought I'd mention that. But, yeah, it is worrisome, but he's the type of guy that can go later on into games even with a low pitch count. Yeah, he gets a ton of ground balls, so obviously that helps him. So um, Arizona bats, anything standing out to you here for Arizona? No, no. I mean, High ground or decent ground ball pitcher here. Not great ballpark. I I just probably not going to end up with anyone. Yeah, probably not a spot for me either. I will say like Marte stands out to me. Um, if you if you want Kettle Marte, I don't hate that at forty four hundred. His prices came come down a bunch. Second base or outfield now. Um, the San Diego, you know, side of things here, like I already said, the two guys, Reyes and Renfro would be the two guys that I'd take shots on uh, against Granky, but they're not core plays. They're, they're low on one-offs. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Not, not entirely on board with Renfro, but I am on board with Reyes and you might appreciate the stat that I don't know if it's true or not, but most of the days where Fran Mill hits a home run, Vogelbach also hits a home run. So Fun little fact for you there that I based strictly on every time I see a Vogelbach home run, I think, oh, Stevie's going to be happy. And then I immediately see Frandel about 30 minutes later. So just fun fact. Stevie's going to be happy again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, 
Stevie. The only thing, there's only one thing that can make Stevie happier, and there it is. But yeah, Fran Mills, the one-off that I really like in this game. Dude just crushes the ball, still priced at 4,200, still going to be low on going against Grinky. Grinky still goes up a 40% hard contact rate, two righties. He may strike him out at a decent clip, but he does not get nearly the same ground balls to righties as he does lefties. So hard contact, fly ball pitcher to righties is a perfect setup for Fran Mill if he hits the ball here. Yep, uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Grant, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Anderson. Wow, all right. I'll take Turnbull. Wait, did you say seven or eight? 8K, but I'm not letting you change your answer now. Over 8K to oh, score oh, under. I'm, I'm a lot happier now that I just didn't take the automatic chalk guy. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take the chalk guy. That's fine with me. Uh, I didn't take Quintana. Uh, over 8K to not get 15 points. Who's your bust today? There's a lot of good pitchers on this slate. Uh, I'm going to Aaron. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of the ones that's certainly up there. Um, Man, oh, man. I'm going to go Wheeler. I'm really going to play this whole he saw, he's seen this team too many times this year um, already. So I'm going to play him. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who's your home run today? Big big bat. Oh, gosh. I, I'm trying not to take an easy one here. I mean, the answer is Yelich. Um, but I don't – I'm going to go with Ozuna. Oh, I like that one. That's certainly a guy that I liked a lot today. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take Vogelbach. I got to stay on Bryn. Uh, under 4K to get two hits. Who's your Who's your cheap guy to get two hits today? Oh gosh, I. Not it was sure. nice. We were able to take like Max Kepler like every day, and now he's not under 4K anymore. Yeah, gosh, I, I really should have written someone down. You know what? Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I was gonna say Castellanos. I'm, like, I'm gonna go with Eden. I'm going a little BBP there. All right. I'm going to take, for the second straight day, I, I doubt I'm going to get two home runs today, but I did say that he was going to get two hits today. I'm going to take a Struble Cabrera. Yeah, I don't mind that. Also, I realize that Morales is still 3,600 if he's in the lineup, then he's not a bad play for under 4K either. Yeah, I, I was going to take um, Cano too, but I like the Eaton call. I think that's certainly worth looking at. So Schwarber's and another one guy that's down there. Um... Stack to score six or more runs. It's it's an interesting slate. We got a lot of stacks today. Give me one to score six or more runs. I'm not gonna go with one of the chalk ones. I'm going with the Brewers. All right. Yeah, I don't know how chalky teams will be today. Um, no, as far as like things gonna be on the Astros, the Mariners game, the Cardinals, and the Twins game. Yeah, I'm gonna take St. Louis. I, you know, I obviously I wanted to take Seattle or Texas, uh, but I'm gonna take St. Louis. Um, it's gonna be a really interesting spot for them. But that's gonna wrap it up. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no, no. Just hope I wake up and I'm not sick. Yeah, Same. I hope so too. <laughs> uh, that's gonna wrap it up. We will be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. I hope everyone crushes tonight. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you then. Hey, kids. <laughs>